if you had an exchange student that was Japanese that came to your house for a year, you would want to know about the Japanese stuff. You'd be like, show me your Japanese stuff. Like, tell me and make a Japanese meal. You wouldn't be like, what's wrong with you for not being American? Yeah, and so yeah. if you love someone who has the heritage and the culture of autism, you get to celebrate that. You've got an exchange student in your house. Episode 50, 10 Pillars of Autistic Culture. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic. And licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Autistica. Well, hey, Matt. Hey, Angela, how are you? Can you believe this is our 50th episode of the Autistic Culture Podcast? I cannot. It seems like just yesterday that we started talking about stuff and it it blows my mind. Also, uh, we managed our executive functioning such that we have made it a year consistently doing a podcast and not burning out. That's a good thing. Uh, I attribute my success to lots of caffeine. Yes, caffeine. And we did take breaks. Building in breaks is always key. Um, we did. we've got future breaks built. So we have something to look forward to and making, uh, making these podcasts has been so fun because mostly we're talking about all the things you and I love. Yeah. 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 yeah it's just, and again, like all the stuff behind me, everything can be attributed somehow to autistic culture from Pokemon to star Wars to, uh, transformers. And, uh, even like, as I was telling you, I'm very, very much looking forward to the new ghost trap and PKE meter that will be revealed later today because God, I love ghostbusters and I love toys. So well, ghostbusters so cool. was our first episode. It was, it was, On it was Halloween. a very long time ago. Yeah. Halloween 2022. That was a great Halloween episode. I'm I'm glad. Come so far. Come so Uh, far. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate all of that today. I have a feeling this might end up being a two-part episode, but like any culture, autistic culture's got its own art, music, mannerisms, dress, dance, rituals, food, and podcasts. Of course. Many podcasts, uh, like ours. And so we are going to take a walk down memory lane today, Matt, and talk about some of our favorite shows from our first 49 episodes. And 
any of these shows that we talk about today, we will link them in the show notes. You can find them at autisticculture.substack.com and you can check out the full episode. Um, Matt and I can talk for an hour on any of these subjects. And in fact, we have. We have. Yeah, this, this is going to be a, a greatest hits thing. But again, for our 50th anniversary, it's it's a great topic because there are so many great things that we've talked about. And uh, it's it's great to revisit these and introduce people who haven't heard of any of this uh, because there there's such great parts about autistic culture. And I, so I am much hyped. to celebrate. Yes. It's so cool. Welcome to the autistic joy train. Oh, wait, trains coming up soon. First. Ah. <laughs> I want to talk about my, well, I was going to say my favorite, but these are all my favorite. Uh, but one of my favorite things is our bottom up processing Ooh, and yes. a couple of, a couple of episodes that stand out for me. We did a chess episode and an episode on Sherlock Holmes, where we talked about the hyperconnected brain and the power of bottom up processing do you remember those episodes? I, I remember them quite well. Uh, the, the chess episode was great because it all took place in my hometown. But the bottom-up processing is fantastic, and it really, really illustrates the reason why we see the world differently and why we get overwhelmed with stuff and why we just we, – we notice the details. We are – Neurotypicals notice the forest, we notice the trees. Mm. And that attention to detail, even, okay, so one of the big, well, the big test that neurotypicals give autistic people is called the ADOS, the Autism oh, no. Diagnostic Observation Schedule, right? Okay. And one of the things is that it actually includes Batman action figures as part of this test. Oh, and they say, okay. uh, well, if you're quote unquote normal, then you play with them like this is a king and this is a queen. And they say hi to each other and all that other nonsense. But if you're autistic, uh, you're supposed to just stare at it and they don't understand why we stare. But we're appreciating the details and the sculpting and the articulation and the paint mods, all of this stuff or the paint apps, uh, because we are very, very detail oriented people. And this whole bottom-up processing, because of our hyperconnected brains, makes us who we are and makes our culture incredibly detail-oriented, incredibly deep. And that's why I love it. I love that. I remember you mentioned um, Queen's Gambit takes oh, yes. place in Kentucky, where you are. And uh, I remember talking in that episode about how she is playing out the chess scenes in her head and all the permutations. Oh, yeah. And it reminded me of when I had moved away from Washington, D.C., which is where I've lived most of my life. And I would plan out I wasn't going anywhere, but I would plan out routes in traffic. Like, how would I get here with traffic? How would I get here without traffic? How would I get here on a bike? How would I get here if I was walking? And being able to do all those scenarios is so brain satisfying. It is. It is. And that's why our brains actually literally process 42% more information at rest than uh, the, the the norm. So it's because we are always calculating and always processing the variables. And in the Sherlock Holmes episode, he is processing a lot of variables in one case and he starts stimming by smoking a pipe and says, this is a three pipe problem. Ah! So sometimes we get extra stimmy when we have a lot of processing to do. It is. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, people will notice my uh, gigantic 150 pound D100 because, you know, it's fun to play with while processing. 
Right. And meanwhile, I make most of our recordings while playing with my poppies. We just, Matt and I try and not make so much noise that our sound engineer wants to fire us both. Yeah. I'm like, stop clicking. You stop clicking. We are clicking right. people. What's one, what's your, what's your next pillar of autistic culture? We talked about bottom-up processing, logic, and strategy. What do you got for me? I, I uh, We will talk about linguistics and accents mm-hmm. because... Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I am one of exactly two people in the state of Kentucky who are qualified to do autism evaluations and are also autistic. So one of the things that I have encountered is the autistic accent. And it is one of those things that once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. It is Matt, really. let's help people notice it. Please talk like a neurotypical human. <clears throat> Go. Hello there, Angela. Have you been listening to our podcast? Because whenever I ask a question, my voice goes up at the end to indicate that I'm paying attention. I like that. Do you pause frequently to ask me questions that you don't really care the answer to? How are you doing today? Are you fine? I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's echo locate. Is the weather weather today? The weather is weathering. What about the sports ball? The sports ball. I heard about sports ball that a team made many points more than the other team. Ooh, good times. Good times. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about it, because when, when we do when when we do the monotone, disjointed, pedantic speech with tangential conversation and difficulty modulating breathing as you speak. I love all those things point, about us. It, it, it Honestly, it's like a song. It's like the rhythm of our people. And when you notice it, like, again, you know, if you uh, watch uh, Adam Savage's YouTube channel, uh, Tested, uh, A-U-D-H-D, he's he's a great example. And again, with my thing about Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd is autistic in real life, has the autistic accent. Uh, the girl who plays Phoebe, McKenna Grace, has the autistic accent. And of course, all of her you know music videos are, do all my friends hate me? And post-party meltdown. And she is clearly one of us, even if she doesn't know it. But uh, yeah, and when we do the upcoming episode on Tim Burton on Halloween, uh, uh, every interview with him is so autistic. His accent, his mannerisms, his eye contact, it's wonderful. And it's its like speaking our native language. And it's so Ooh, cool. This reminds me of our most controversial, like most hated episode that we got the most hate mail on, which is our Wednesday is autistic Uh, episode. People were not totally loving our analysis, but we were not hearing Wednesday's actual authentic autistic accent. We heard some performative autism in there. You guys got to listen to that episode and maybe, you know, pile on the hate if you disagree. We made our case. (laughs) We don't think Wednesday hate flow through you. (laughs) Yeah. We are thrilled to announce the launch of the Autistic Culture Podcast Tea Public Store. Woohoo! You can now get t shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more featuring original designs related to autism and our show. Whether you want to showcase your autistic pride, spark conversations, or just share your love of the podcast, we've got some cool merch options for you. And guess what? Our paid subscribers on Substack get a special 10% off code for the store. If you subscribe to 
to our newsletter at autisticculture.substack.com, you will get exclusive subscriber content plus a 10% discount code you could use at our Public merch store. Every purchase helps support our show. So if you want to proudly display your autism ally status and values, browse the store today and be sure to tag us on social media showing off your gear. We just want to say thanks to all of our listeners and our paid subscribers, especially for making this podcast possible. All of the money from our Tee Public store goes to pay our amazing staff. And we could not do this without your support. We hope you love the merchandise. I love it, Matt. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait for my mugs and magnets and stickers and uh, various pillows to show up because there's a certain source of pride that comes from having your quote on a pillow. So I'm excited. Find us at Tee Public or look for the link in the show notes. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you our most loved episode though. Um, Our most loved episode is when we told the story of Hans Christian Andersen and how Charles Dickens, that mother effer, set him up, made him a, uh, made him the bad guy, made him seem like this total creep when really Charles Dickens was covering up a torrid affair with a 19-year-old cheating on his wife and trying to hang the autistic friend out to dry. Yeah, yeah. So he he put the dick into Dickens. So he really did Dick insider. Uh, So that we talked about um, literal interpretations, right? Hans Christian Andersen meets Charles Dickens. He's a huge fan. Charles Dickens is is like, dude, anytime you're in England, stop by. We'd love to have you as a guest. And what does Charles, uh, what does Hans Christian Andersen think that means? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that. What, how could you take it otherwise? I don't understand that. Yeah. Literally, he says, anytime you're here, come visit. So Hans Christian Andersen thinks anytime I'm there, he probably wants me to visit. N- no. You know what Charles Dickens meant? Hi, you're a human. I see you. Some sort of echolocation thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Well, I've had a bad day. I've uh, stumped my toe yesterday. Now, like that's enough for that. Uh, that's enough of you, Hans Christian Andersen. And- I will end this conversation by saying, "Hey, man, if you're ever here, stop by." But I will not mean it, and I will expect you to understand that yeah. I do not mean it. And then I will talk shit about you and slander your reputation to my benefit. Yeah. Thanks, and, Charles. So the, and that's why, again, there, there, especially like with, you know, the Little Mermaid wanting to be part of the world, that's just being an outsider and wanting to understand what is going on with all this, because there is there are all these bizarre, unspoken rules that he did not get. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, you know, uh, you know, Charles Dickens totally took advantage of him. Totally. And I mean, you got to listen to that whole episode because there is so much tea in there. But we also recap so many of Hans Christian Andersen's tales, like uh, The Princess and the Pea, which might be The Ugly Duckling. The Ugly Duckling, which was his autobiography of finding out I'm a swan. I'm not an ugly duckling. All of these things that we autistics use as metaphors for our experience in the neurotypical world. They came from an autistic dude. 
Mm, so good. So good. Um, also fun is on the anti-hierarchy, audi gender side of things in our oh, yeah. Emily Dickinson episode. Oh, yes. Oh, that was a good one. Do you remember when we uncovered she is actually trans, writes about it, has a girlfriend who is maybe her brother's wife, but she all made that happen. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, back in the day, they were just good gender. friends. They yeah. were friends and they would go naked in the woods behind her parents' house. As good friends do. Why not? Because we don't yeah. like clothes anyway at the Autistic Culture Podcast. Yeah. So yeah. that those are some of my favorite uh, higher anti-hierarchy. We do not love a hierarchy in autism culture. So. We do not. Yeah. That, and that's the thing because it, I, if... Okay, so uh, uh, for those of you who know, uh, I, I I do tr- uh, I I stay with my CEUs and I follow other people's trainings and I listen to neurotypicals give autism training talks because I I find that both tragic and hilarious. So uh, you know, there was this one neurotypical woman who was talking about how she gave an evaluation to an autistic girl and she was horrified that this girl treated her like an equal. And she was like, no, I have a doctor and an adult. And she should have, quote, a healthy fear of adults. Because that's the thing about the neurotypicals. If we don't treat them as authority, they don't treat us as human. And that's that's horrifying. Mm. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. We are not feeling that. We are not feeling that. Yeah. Well, what are we feeling? Give us another pillar of autistic culture. Well, uh, one of the things about... Uh, our culture is that we we want to be the very best like no one ever was and this leads to a lot of world building like like satoshi tajiri who you know created pokemon or george lucas who created star wars and dungeons and dragons which oh my god has such a great great history to it uh created initially the the precursor of dungeons and dragons was uh oh uh the the uh War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells, and so We go many into worlds. that in the Dungeons and Dragons episode. Lots of fans of the D&D episode. Um, yeah, it, amazing history that goes back and includes, yeah, a lot, a lot. It is a good episode. It is. And uh, we have an upcoming mini episode about how Peter Cushing was an epic player before Dungeons and Dragons even existed and made over 200,000 miniatures by hand out of wax and wire before, you know, you could buy minis because he clearly one of us. And this is the thing, because. Uh, again, my my office is not just a library, but a museum uh, and a tribute to all of these autistic worlds that have been created with the depth of detail. Like with George Lucas, he hired so many autistic people to to bring Star Wars to you know reality and talked about how you know we want to have a lived in universe look where everything has a purpose and everything has been through it and nothing is brand new because that is the way of the real world and. Mm. And he, he brought in like Ben Burt to do, you know, sound effects and linguistics and making all these worlds incredibly deep and studying the works of Joseph Campbell, who studied the works of Jung, to study all the archetypes to say that all these stories are very, very deep in human experience and the, the, the depth of the research that we go into 
is amazing on this, which gives you a whole new level of appreciation for all of these worlds. And it's so yeah. cool. And that's where our hyperconnected brains really shine because there's so much data to soak up and enjoy. That's the, the data collection. So we've had, we've featured two ent entomologists, ichthyologists, who are oh, yes. the bug ones. Entomologists. Yes. We have two bug people, um, our Pokemon guy, Satori, yes. and then... Uh, Kinsey in our sex is autistic episode. We talk about Alfred Kinsey. So they're oh, yes. both like amazing detailed bug guys. And all they want to do is data collection on bugs and how many fields of data can they, can they collect? And then the way that gets translated, like I love the parallel structure in the Pokemon cards, how many fields there are, how consistent they are. And it works like the real world, but he's built this whole world of Pokemon. And with Kinsey, he does this in the bug world, but then he builds for the first time the study of human sexuality and all those fields that he used in his bug life. Um, I forget what kind of, there was some sort of wasp that he was oh, yes. super into. I can't remember which kind of wasp, but he had like thousands and thousands and thousands of fields of data on these wasps. And then he like applies that. And though that ability to see all of those connections and intersections to collect that data and then present it in a way that makes sense. We, so we are the researchers, the archivists, the data collectors of the world. And yes. guarantee you, Wikipedia is uh, the work of a handful of incredibly wonderful autistic people. Yeah, so, bless their hearts. If you're a Wikipedia editor out there, make sure you comment on this episode. We would like to celebrate you and the other data gatherers and pattern matchers and analysts out there like Kinsey on our Sex is Autistic episode. And I will say my personal favorite episode, although I think it's only my favorite episode, was our Trivia is Autistic episode ah. where we celebrate Jeopardy. And because Hub Trivia is one of my spins, um, we actually created an autism quiz. So uh, all for both Matt and for both of us, um, autism is one of our special interests. And so we took all that data and put it into a pub quiz. You can test yourself on our Trivia's Autistic episode. Oh yes, absolutely. It was a fun one. It was fun. We love sharing stories of autistic culture. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these stories and you're wondering if maybe you're one of us or maybe you're already diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you want to know if Matt can help you live your life better and be more authentically autistic, check out his website at mattlowerylpp.com. That's Matt, M-A-T-T, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And then that LPP, it stands for Licensed Psychological Practitioner. So head on over to mattlowerylpp.com and learn more about working with my buddy, Matt. All right, we so, are up to pillar number six. What innovative, game-changing ideas, because this is the thing. Uh, the, the, I think that the tagline that uh, we use for uh, my participation, my half of the, the podcast, is that no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. And that's the thing. We 
because of our hyperconnected brains, we we are wired to think outside the box. We are wired to do things in a different game-changing way. And again, we we've encountered a lot of this, especially with like Industrial Light and Magic, the special effects company that George Lucas made in order to realize Star Wars. And we talk about a lot of uh, animation voiceover artists. For instance, like Corey Burton is autistic. He is the voice of Disney World in Disneyland. Uh, he, he is the voice of Ludwig von Drake and Shockwave from Transformers. And so many details. Uh, Billy West, uh, who, Fry from Futurama is autistic. Uh, among like Doug and like dozens of animation is autistic episode probably had like 50 shows referenced oh yeah yeah well again hyperconnected brain data collecting uh voice acting is one of my special interests and one of my friends is maurice lamarche who plays the brain on pinky and the brain and uh he he introduced me to uh the, the oh uh uh Raphael from ninja turtles and uh pinky Rob Paulson, there you go. And it's uh, it's really, really neat because again, uh, I think that in order to have that nuance and be able to replicate these voices and to stretch and do all these things, you have to have a, a brain that picks up on all these teeny tiny little details that most people wouldn't notice. And it's really, really cool. And this goes into like uh, the Edward Moybridge, even creating motion pictures. Because you can't have animation without moving pictures. And he was the one that created the way to make that happen. What which, was the story? Was it with the horse that he saw yeah. the horse moving? And he was like, let me take a bunch of pictures of this and see if I can turn it into a flip book. Uh, uh, he, he was almost killed by, uh, in a carriage accident. And oh, uh, that's what it was. It was the carriage accident. Yeah, yeah. And then he just became hyper-focused on movement of animals, of people, uh, of everything. And he just wanted to study how muscles moved. And that got him into a whole big thing because he couldn't see muscles of people while they're wearing clothes. So he wanted to take videos of naked people. And boy, back in the 1800s, that was a risky move. Yeah, so. not not great now either, Matt. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah, get any yeah. ideas. Not yeah, not not an advised after school activity. But so yes, one of the things I loved about our animation as an autistic episode is the community among voice actors. So really supportive, um, really supportive community. Totally. Oh yes. Uh, it's like be and then also related to that, the industrial light and magic most of those employees, all of those employees at the beginning being autistic, creating kind of safe workplaces for exactly. autistic people. At where they all supported each other. And that's even like uh, Adam Savage talks about ILM uh, workplace today. Even today at ILM, you can use ILM materials for your own projects as long as it's off the clock. Because mm -hmm. they know that you're going to be working and innovating and making stuff better for everybody else. So the more practice you have, the better it is for everybody. Mm, and this, this lack of like hierarchy is very, very autistic in itself. And it's very, very And cool. ILM was set up that way, right? Yeah. Without From hierarchy. The beginning. It was like, yeah. go figure hard things out. Yeah, up until, you know, George Lucas had burnout because the bank was uh, asking for money. But we'll cover that in a whole upcoming episode because, yes. you know, uh, he, at first he was cool. He's like, all right, guys, figure it out. And he was like, guys, I really need it done yesterday. And that's when the, the crunch happened. But, you know, that but again, even today, they they have the ILM way of doing things. Yeah. 
Uh, one of the things that I love it is what and why I think we celebrate autistic culture is when you take the the kind of medical model and the fixing out of it, autistic people do some pretty incredible, creative and cutting edge things. And um, one of my favorite episodes is the Questlove episode. So he was very, he was diagnosed early, um, very young. He was diagnosed and his parents didn't really have a problem with it. It sort of fit into their life. They didn't feel the need to fix him. They didn't send him to, you know, ABA or anything. And the thing that seemed to make Questlove happy was spinning his dad's records for hours and hours. So Stimtastic. They gave him his dad's records and said, why don't you spin some records for hours and hours? And maybe that will change the world. His spin was spinning. It's awesome. His spin was spinning and his stim was spinning and his stim became his spin. And as he was spinning his dad's right. So his dad was also a musician and had a huge collection of black American music. And as he, and you know, let's go back to data collection. So as he's spinning these records, he is memorizing all the facts, all the record labels, all the artists, all the producers and he is the world's expert on black music now. He has and his own African-American music history museum. His personal museum is a wonder. Uh, I mean, everybody should look up pictures of Questlove's personal museum because he's he's already made arrangements after his passing to to make sure that his museum is carefully curated and available to the public because it is Probably the single most complete, biggest uh, collection of It's black- not probably. It definitely is. It, it's fantastic. And not and- only that, he has like rescued so much music, so many oh, yes. artists. Yeah, yeah. People send him stuff because they know that he is the one that will be their caretaker. He, he, will, he will take care of all of these invaluable pieces of history and again this is a big thing for us because we all have our museums we all have our libraries but when when you have the resources and when you really really have the the interest my god we can do some amazing things amazing and Questlove has done some extraordinary stuff there, there are some incredible stories of him uh, growing up in Philadelphia in that Questlove episode. If you don't have any of the background on him, I just think it's such a tribute to accepting people for who they are. The way his parents um, treated him growing up is like, for me, it is the future. It is a world where we are living in an autistic culture friendly place. And if you had an exchange student that was Japanese that came to your house for a year, you would want to know about the Japanese stuff. You'd be like, show me your Japanese stuff. Like, tell me and make a Japanese meal. You wouldn't be like, what's wrong with you for not being American? And so if you love someone who has the heritage and the culture of autism, you get to celebrate that. You've got an exchange student in your house if you're not the the other autistic one in the house. And that culture, when you celebrate it, you just learn more things. Yeah, yeah this is the way. We, we have to learn. We have to understand. And yeah, it's it's a big thing for us. 
And uh, that uh, there was a, the joke of, you know, uh, the, I posted a meme in our group, Autistic Connections, a while back about, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't look autistic. Sorry, mm -hmm. will you do an autism for the lady? And then it has been updated to and to everyone's horror, he proceeded to tell every single type of train in history because this is our way. And that's one of the so uh, my son is really, really into Thomas. Uh, and I did not know that Thomas is around 90 years old. Uh, canonically, he's around 115. Uh, but uh, the, the the original Thomas stories were back in the 40s. And even today, uh, you know, there, all of the engines are different engines that you can actually look up and actually categorize and actually learn about. And, you know, today it's written by autistic people, openly autistic people. And the voice of Bruno is an op are two openly autistic kids, uh, one American, one British. And this goes into our, you know, consistency and reliability stuff because Bruno, he knows all of the train routes. He knows all the schedules. And whereas, you know, all the other kid trains like Thomas and Percy are getting into trouble because, you know, they, they do kid stuff. All the adult trains praise Bruno nonstop because he keeps literally on track. And that that is a big thing. And isn't he also the brake car? He is. I remember yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 says, "Give me a break," uh, because he he keeps them on track. Whenever they're going too fast, he slows them down. He makes sure that they get there on schedule, not too fast. You know, that's that is how we do things. And the this goes into our you know whole thing about consistency. And he Bruno is very sensitive to noise. He's very sensitive to rumbling. Uh, he. Uh, he he has the inertia thing going on and we he he needs to keep everything at a nice steady spit steady pace yeah. uh when things but that but also that helps everyone right it does. Like there are it things does. in other cultures that when we take them they can help us and so all the other thomas the tank engine trains benefit from bruno saying like hey maybe we don't need to go full speed ahead down the hill Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there, there is a uh, there is a song sung by Bruno that my son knows every word to, and my son is also autistic. This is, you know, of the proud song of our people, and it's it helps us with it. And we talk about expectation sensitivity because we need to know all the details ahead of time. We know need to know what to expect when things change. We have to reorient our entire brain to accommodate the new information and to accommodate the new plan. And that's the, the, this level of complexity. Uh, neurotypical people don't really have that, which is why they're able to change relatively easily. But we have to reorient everything. Right, because and, that goes back to the bottom-up processing. Like exactly. Once I identify all, what's going to happen, then I have thirty to 3,000 scenarios in my head. Naturally. They all have like envelopes. I've stored them. And now I know if this happens, I'll do this. If this happens, I'll do this. If this happens, I'll do this. Just like the chess episode. Of course. And now when you change a variable, then I'm like, okay, now I need to write 3000 plans, which I am happy to do. I don't mind doing that, but you're going to have to give me a minute because I have a lot of files to update. And do you not have a lot of files to update? The How algorithm has to change. change. Exactly. Yeah. We, and, and that's why we like the dino nuggies because yeah. we, we, we know what to expect from them. They are the same highly processed near food every single time. They give us the amount of nutrition that we require. It, it works for us.
Yeah. I, right now, my safe food is um, Dole peach cups. And oh, yes. I, I, I'm going through a bad, I was going to say a case a week, but it's really maybe two. It's all I want to eat. But here's same the Same foods. Yeah, I love same foods because I eat those peaches and I feel good and I have energy and I'm ready to record. If I eat something else right now, I may have energy. I may need to sleep for two hours. Like I may feel good. I may be in the bathroom for two hours. So unless like... I like every once in a while on the weekend, if I don't have plans, I'll try something new, but it's not that I'm against trying something new. I'm against my whole day being ruined because I have a million things to do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the changes in plans, it, it, it kills us. That, that's the executive functioning because of our intense processing. Right. When autistic people find a special interest, they go deep and have a lot of knowledge, even if they don't have that formal education background to go with it. If you want to capture your spin in a book, check out Angela's work at differencepress.com, differencepress.com, and find out more about becoming an author and establishing your credibility with a book. So, it's the holiday. You want to have a good time. Let's just say Thanksgiving, because I think that's when we did our Dino Nuggets episode. Uh, yes. But it's Thanksgiving. You want to have a good time. You're with family. You've got two options. Try Brussels sprouts and kale salad and dry turkey or have Dino Nuggets and know that you'll have a good time and enjoy your family apparently the right thing to do to earn the love and respect of the neurotypical people is to eat the Brussels sprouts and the kale salad and the dry turkey and be miserable the rest of the day, but not be miserable because you're not allowed to be miserable. Yeah, Smile, yeah. even if you feel like, what, what, what's your thing? Have you tried just suffering? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the neurotypical anthem. Have you tried just suffering? Because right. again, if, if you eat stuff that your system does not agree with and you spend all day in the bathroom and you scream, I did this all for you people, they don't appreciate that. No, they're like, why aren't you at the table laughing and having fun? You yeah. could just suffer through it. Just do it. Why, exactly. why make it so difficult for all of exactly. us? And then meanwhile, we're the difficult ones when we say, could you just make us some chicken nuggets that you have in the freezer that are not expensive? Like, you know what I would like to have for the holidays? Dole peaches. And this this is the thing. Why about is the, this bad for you? This Why is, is the thing about the, this is the thing about the John McEnroe episode, because everyone has labeled him as a difficult person, as, as a terrible person for, you know, being upset about things that, you know, he should be upset about when he's just having what I would say a normal reaction to stuff that is unfair and weird and bizarre. And right. he should, I, I totally empathize. He's a decent, he, I, I never met the man, but by everything that we've talked about, he seems like an awesome dude. It's just that he's very, very frustrated when people do not do what they say they're going to do, when things are unfair and when things are uh, unexpected, because that is the way that we react to things. And like the evidence in that particular, like the famous John McEnroe blow up, he was right. He was. 
He was right. He knew he was right, but I guess he was supposed to be like, oh, I'll just lose Wimbledon and not say something so people think I'm nice. Yeah. And this is the thing. There's a major difference between being nice and being kind. Being Mm. kind is fighting for justice. Being kind is fighting for equality. Being kind is elevating the voices of those who, who do not have the privileges that we have. Being nice is just going with the flow, even though it's wrong. Yes. So justice and honesty are core pillars in autism culture. And that doesn't mean that we don't have meltdowns or even face burnout when we are fighting for justice and honesty. In the McEnroe episode, we talk about both. In the Greta Thunberg episode, we talk about both. Yeah, she she was big and she's been misquoted of like saying the the minor quote, you've ruined my childhood because, again, people like to simplify (laughs) stuff. But the full quote is something along the lines, you've ruined my childhood and the childhood of many others because your short sighted efforts to make profits instead of destroying the earth. It's it's a very well thought out quote, very reasonable. But again, because people like to. Take shit out of context. Exactly. It's it's again. It's and then we're the ones who have rejection sensitivity. Is it rejection sensitivity or just sanity? Uh, Exactly. (laughs) That's the thing, and that's that's again the 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 real world is often not accepting of us and is very very discriminatory, which is the reason why I always say that autistic relationships have the three F's. Friends, family, and fictional characters. Love because this. you know who is kind? The doctor. My books. Yeah, the doctor. Yeah. Doctor Who. The doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Living in the world of Doctor Who, of Star Trek, Star Wars, Supernatural. Oh, my God. So many uh, autistic people in there. But we we bond through our special interests. We bond through these fictional universes, through these fictional characters. Because, again... These fictional characters are the ideal. No one will ever be able to live up to the doctor, but that doesn't mean that we can't try. Yeah. Because again, uh, as we've talked about, Peter Capaldi, oh my God, Doctor Who super fan since day one, repeatedly coming in and out of the Doctor Who franchise as a fan, as a fan, so as a fan. Starting at like, what, nine years old or yeah, something? Yeah, that as first soon as letter? it was first on, started writing letters to the BBC, both praising and criticizing because a nine-year-old telling you what's up, that is part of our culture. And yeah, that's that's the thing because- that Doctor Who episode is off the hook. We yeah. Matt and I are both Doctor Who fans, and we had so much fun. We go through all the doctors. Uh, we want to hear in the comments who's your favorite doctor. I am a David Tennant. And and coming back on uh, November 25th, I know. I'm, I'm so, so happy. Uh, there are rumors. Uh, oh, so uh, Shudigatwa apparently has already started shooting his final season because he agreed to do two seasons. But but anyway, that uh, that's a whole. Uh, check out the Doctor Who episode because we will undoubtedly have updates to that. But oh yeah, but, we'll do a little mini sode update on Doctor Who after this transition to the new Doctor, whatever the new regeneration process is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. But, has but not these, aired yet. These fictional worlds. Uh, Back in the day, I was published in a book in England for having one of the top 50 Star Wars sites in England because I decided that I was going to do an online encyclopedia of every Star Wars character, including like random human background extras uh, in the cantina. And to this day, there is still an official name for a human named Garouf Lafoe, who uh, uh, in his only bio is that 
the locals don't know about this man other than he looks quote unquote damn crazy. And that became official because I was the only one who wrote anything about this man. Okay, and this, you're is, the one. this is our fandom. We we love the minutiae. We love the research. We love understanding everything about why the warp nacelles work. Because we want to know everything that there is to know about this world. And in doing so, we create the future. Because the people who grew up with tricorders as fiction want to make tricorders a reality. And they yes. have. And they have the Star Star Ah. Trek episode two. We talk about the world of um, the world of the convention world and cons. Oh, yes. Um, This is where we glow. And this is why we and that's the thing. Because the people who claim that we can't socialize or don't socialize have never seen us in our realm. When we are at a con, we are on and my, my, my son's mother, who is not autistic, once uh, we went to BotCon, the Transformers convention, and I went from, you know, typically socially withdrawn and shy to the most outgoing person telling jokes and this and that, had a whole table of autistic women laughing at my humor. And she was like, yeah, I don't care for this at all. I don't like this. Get away. I don't know who you are anymore. Because, again, in our element, we this is we are a duck in water instead of, I don't know, ice skating. So, I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, those were our top 10 pillars of autistic culture, logic and strategy. Uh, and check out our Chess and Sherlock episodes for that. Linguistics and accents. Check out the animation episode, Deep Thinking and Insights, Emily Dickinson and Hans Christian Anderson, Data Gathering and Pattern Matching, Kinsey and the Trivia episode, uh, innovative game-changing ideas. We talked about uh, the uh, industrial light and magic and motion pictures are artistic episodes, uh, creativity and autistic expression. We talked about quest love, consistency and reliability, pillar eight. Uh, listen to our trains and dino nuggets episode, justice and honesty, uh, our Greta Thunberg and John McEnroe episodes, and super fanning and fictional friends, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and much more. Those are just some of our highlights from our first 49 episodes. And we we firmly, we will continue doing so because we believe that celebrating autistic joy is the greatest act of resistance in a world that was not made for us. And sometimes it feels like it wants to destroy us for being who we were born to be. So we need to point out all of the greatest people, all of the greatest stuff, anything that we come across, feel free to give us some show ideas because we love learning about new things. Uh, that's how we got the the Edward Mybridge and the My Little Pony episodes because I got to do some deep dives into stuff that I was not previously that aware of. So uh Feel free to give us some ideas. Feel free to help us point out all the greatest parts of autistic culture, and we will share them with you. Yeah, you can comment and subscribe absolutely free at autisticculture.substack.com. Please listen to our other episodes, like and share and spread our culture in action. Bye, everyone. Bye now. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find out more about writing your book with me at differencepress.com. That's difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, press, P-R-E-S-S.com. 
or getting a psychological evaluation or consult with me at www.mattlowrylpp.com. That's M-A-T-T, Matt Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, L-P-P, as in licensed psychological practitioner.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. Special thanks to our content manager, River Robbins, and Aaron Stoner, our producer for making us look and sound good. Thank you.